Hey there, my name is Clint Benish, and I serve in Harvest Ministry and want to welcome you to the Go Harvest podcast. Before we get to today's episode with Tim Price, I want to invite you to help us spread the word. If you'll rate this podcast with five stars, write a review, and send us a note that you did on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, we want to send you one of our digital resources for free. Thank you so much for doing this. Now to Tim Price with today's episode. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to let you in on the conversation I had with Denny Reeves, who is an urban missionary in Springfield, Missouri. And it's so cool to get connected to people. Our paths crossed many years ago when he was serving at a church in this region. And we participated in a lot of camps and conferences. And so I love uh, knowing that somebody is still going strong in ministry and kingdom work. So this is Denny Reeves. We're looking forward to hearing a little bit about his ministry and his life. And at the end, I'll share with you a couple fun things. One is um, a way that you can partner with Denny. And two, a clip of a song, a crazy song called the 10 Word Song from Beulah Camp many, many moons ago. And um, I want to warn you in advance that the volume of the song is slightly louder than the podcast itself. So at the very end of this episode, when that song comes on, Turn it down a bit. Now to Denny Reeves. Thanks. Welcome, Denny. Thank you. I'm glad it's great to be here. Thanks, Tim. Great to see you too. Yeah, it's it's fun to be here on Zoom and um, mm-hmm. and connect. You don't have to drive all the way to St. Louis just to talk. But um, um, the questions are going to be pretty simple today, and we're just going to uh, visit a little bit about um, ministry and life. But before we get too far, um, I know we just sat and talked pre-podcast i gotta stop doing that i should just start the recording as soon as it starts but denny fill all the people who listen to the go harvest podcast on about who you are and in a nutshell um either family and or ministry and or day job whatever you'd like to give us a little context to your life denny reeves here Oh, thanks, Tim. Man, it is so good to to see you and to catch up. So, uh, yeah, so I, uh, well, let's just start. I don't want to start at the beginning. So let's just start when I met Paula in high school. Uh, We celebrated our 40th anniversary last December. Uh, So 41 coming up. And uh, we're high school sweethearts, Glenda High School here in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, since then, we've had uh, two boys, uh, Josh uh, I'm not going to say their ages because I'll probably get it wrong. Josh is married to Amanda, and uh, they live in Cape Girardeau, and uh, they have our only granddaughter in Cape Isley, and she is just precious, so precious. She's two, and they're expecting our second granddaughter, Rylan, in October. So we are really, really oh. excited about that, and bummed at the same time because of COVID. Uh, we can't go visit and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, hopefully yeah. soon. But we get to Zoom with uh, Isley and FaceTime and, and every week. So we absolutely love that. But they are precious. And my youngest son, Zach, and his wife, Taylor, uh, they both teach English uh, ESL in South Korea. Uh, oh, wow. They moved there, yeah, they moved there in August. And uh, so she used to be a high school English teacher at Kickapoo High School here in Springfield. And Zach was uh, an HR director. Uh, here in Springfield, but they both have their degrees, and so they moved over to South Korea to teach uh, ESL for a year. Uh, so it's a hoot. We uh, get to uh, FaceTime them as well, 
and uh, oh my stars it's hmm. just so funny yeah but, and the quarantine thing and all that yeah so it's well, they moved cool. over there i mean just a couple months later all this started if they just moved it uh, yes yes so. yeah so they're pretty high on alert uh out of three they're at a 2.5 uh, oh, so wow. hopefully everything won't get shut down. Uh, the public schools are shut down, but the private schools where they teach are, are still open. Uh, but they are loving the experience, and hopefully Paul and I will get to go visit uh, next year while they're still there. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Wow. So Paula is a family medical residency coordinator for Cox Hospital uh, here in Springfield. She's been there since '09 when we moved back to Springfield. Uh, been full-time ministry since '86. Uh, Methodist Church, Baptist Church, whoever would hire me. <laughs> and uh, I'm currently executive pastor of uh, Freshwater Church. It's a small mission church here in the northwest side of Springfield. The city, Springfield, has divided up the city into four quadrants. And each quadrant has about nine communities uh, represented. And one of them is Tom Watkins' neighborhood. And so Tom Watkins it's generally a poor section of Springfield, but the sweetest, sweetest people ever. Um, our church uh, decided to, number one, love on the people of Tom Watkins neighborhood. And, uh, and Williams Elementary is a part of that neighborhood. So uh, the staff, the students, uh, the, the teachers, we just kind of spent our time loving on those teachers. And it wasn't too long ago, about two years ago, uh, there was a position open, uh, EBS Para. And the principal called me, I was currently a, a banker with US Bank. And she goes, Denny, you would be a great EBS para. And I said, uh, excuse me? I had no what she just said. And she goes, I said, what is that? She said, well, EBS is emotional behavior support for kids that can't be mentioned. I said, wow, that sounds awesome. And she goes, para, that's a paraprofessional. Basically you help the teacher. I go, well, yeah, sign me up. How do I do that? And so within a week, she hired me. And um, it was really cool having a pastor of our church inside the school walls to love on the teachers, to support the students, uh, and just to be there for them. And, and then to work in the EBS classroom was, wow, I learned so much and so powerful. Uh, get to be with those kids and, and just love on them. And uh, it's, it's just been incredible. It's been yeah, incredible. That so That's cool. So, yeah, so our church, instead of building a church building, we decided to uh, buy, because we're kind of a small church, we decided to buy a house in the Tom Watkins neighborhood uh, about five years ago. It'd be five years this December. And so, uh, and then put missionaries inside that house. And uh, Paul and I uh, weren't uh, thinking that direction right off the bat, but the longer uh, I helped the pastor, uh, I was just volunteering there at the church, I helped the pastor find a home in the Tom Hopkins neighborhood and then kind of go through the process of, you know, uh, updating it, so to speak. But we didn't want the nicest house in the neighborhood and we didn't want the something you'd have to tear down and build again. So yeah. we found something for uh, uh, 50K and uh, it's a little 900 square foot uh, home, two bedroom, one bath. And uh, it was just, it was just perfect. And uh, actually Habitat for Humanity uh, owned the home. Uh, the people that had the house before uh, Habitat donated it to Habitat. And Habitat, so near and dear to my heart, uh, early in the 80s, I led uh, international mission trip Habitat to South America uh, a few times. And so, and I was a vice president of Habitat way back in the day. And so, hmm. uh, Habitat is just 
very dear to my heart. And so it's like, oh, we can't, we got to give them full price. Of course, you know, what are, what are they asking? 50K, all right, done. You know, so uh, we bought the house and uh, Paula and I moved in and uh, we, we thought about doing one year, you know, just to test it out because we had never lived in Northwest Spring before, you know, kind of middle-class folk. And so uh, we moved in and, and then just started to love on our neighbors and, and just see what it was all about, you know? And, Wow. And so we'd throw block parties and we'd have vacation Bible school at the house and, and people from all over the neighborhood would come and, and, and we'd have little blow up, you know, bouncy houses for the kids and food. And, and uh, it's, it's just, oh my gosh, God has showed up so many times over the past four and a half years. That's, that's awesome. You, you call it a mission house or you, yeah. Yeah. the church you yeah. called a mission. So what's the name of the church? Freshwater. Freshwater. Yeah. Freshwater Church. So what does that look like besides you living in that house and, you know, ministry to the neighborhood? Do you meet or do you just, how's oh, it work? Well, yeah, yeah. Our church meets at Freeway Ministries, actually. Uh, we kind of partnered with them. It's a uh, uh, kind of a, a rehab church. Uh, uh, so folks that are dealing with drugs and addictions and uh, they, John Stroop is the, uh, the head of that uh, international ministries and they're based here in Springfield. And John's such a beautiful heart and, and they got a beautiful place. It's about a quarter of a mile outside of Tom Watkins. Uh, we, we really wanted something inside uh, the neighborhood, but that was close and that's what got opened up. And so uh, we've been for a couple of years, I think now. We started off at Williams Elementary, actually, in uh, the cafeteria hmm. and stuff. So we week and uh, have worship and get together. And then we have life groups uh, throughout the week that meet in homes uh, throughout the city. And so we, we, of course, have a life group here in the Freshwater House. We have our worship rehearsal, or at least we used to, uh, here before we went to Freeway. Uh, and so it was kind of nice to have a place not to tear down and set up all the time. You know how that is. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. So you, you described your role there, executive pastor, executive director. What did you say it was? Yeah, yeah executive pastor. It's oh. a lofty title for a very small church. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's what that's how you build things. Um, on the fly, reflecting on some of the differences in seasons of life in terms of a house church where you're just primarily taking a neighborhood and yeah. going for it yeah. versus more formalized, you know, ministry structure, 350 kids in a youth group, which is like larger than 75% of all churches. Yeah. Herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> so what are just some of the, I mean, both have their place, but in terms of your perspective. Uh, they've all been amazing. Uh, God has shown up time and time again, uh, all the way through uh, the ministry. And, uh, but you know what, my, my heart right now is right here, right where I'm at, uh, doing neighborhood ministry, uh, getting to know your neighbors, especially those uh, that go to a Title I school where um, the free and reduced lunch is 95%. It's one of the highest in the city. There's a lot of needs. There's a lot of hurt. Uh, there's a lot of uh, helplessness. And it, it's, uh, it's really uh, a beautiful thing to see God bring hope uh, to this neighborhood. And uh, with every connection, with every re relationship, uh, you know, uh, sharing Jesus uh, with folks and, and uh, letting them know that they don't have to live uh, in despair. You know, that there is yeah. hope. And it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's really fun. You know, uh, you throw out a lot of bait and, uh, you know, some, some nibbles, some grab full on and, and some just go, yeah, no, thank you. 
you know. So do you um, tell people you work in a church when you, you know, do something specific for your neighborhood or do you just, oh, absolutely. Is, are you just oh, yeah, yeah. a regular person? We, we just say, hey, we're, we're a mission church and this is the, the church, the house belongs to the church and, and uh, I'm one of the pastors. And boy, if you need anything, you just let me know. And, and during our block parties, it's, Tim, it's been incredible. Um, you know, we'd have folks of all shapes and sizes and, and uh, uh, come to the block parties and some guys with the droopy drawers and tats all over their body and, you know, uh, you know, no hair and, and bald, you know, uh, guys come up, uh, really rough looking guys. But uh, one of them uh, shocked the fire out of me uh, one time and uh, said, hey, somebody came up to me, said, hey, so this guy wants to meet you. I said, well, sure. So I walked up to him and I said, oh boy, I wonder what this is going to, you know, uh, it's hard to ignore the visual, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, uh, Hey, uh, what, how you doing? He said, I'm fine. I, I could really use some prayer. I go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I go, absolutely. What, how, what, what's your story? Tell me about you. And so he told me, you know, a, a tough, tough story growing up, abuse, um, addiction and he's just trying his best to stay clean but he wants to stay out of jail at the same time and you know conflicted and just uh, he didn't know what to do and so i I listened to his story and and and, man my heart just broke uh for this man and so we we prayed and uh, tried to stay in touch even though he didn't have a phone uh but uh yeah so i I think think of him often and so so many in the neighborhood that uh, we've been able to meet. and uh, So what would be, I mean, it's, it's always so inspiring when you hear stories like that, but then you think about, you know, suburban neighborhoods in general and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, pulls in, shuts their garage. And, you know, yeah. if they're not, yeah. at, well, if they're not at every sport activity <laughs> under the sun, yeah. like, what, from your experience, what's like a way that normal everyday Americans who aren't pastors of churches living in a mission house are mm-hmm. able to like love their neighborhood? Yeah. Because usually everybody's just, their their friends are in other spots. I know, I know. know. And we did that for years, for so many years. The the deal was, is that, you know, we had the house with a garage. And so you finish your job at wherever it is. You go home, the garage door goes up, the car goes in, the garage door goes down. You go into your home and you do your thing. And Mm -hmm. we rarely ever met our neighbors. And we, Paul and I would talk about that, you know, said, man, we did a terrible job loving on our neighbors, you know, because we pretty much, like you said, if you have kids, you're busy and, and just life is a whirlwind. Uh, slow down a tad since of COVID, but you know, it's, it's still a whirlwind. And, uh, but one of the greatest blessings of moving to the freshwater house is that there's no garage. <laughs> and so when you get out of your car, everybody sees you, you know, hey, Bobby, how you doing? You know, hey, Angie, you know, and they're, hey, how you doing? You know, and so yeah. it's, it's, it's brings back the front porch aspect of living you know kind of a front porch ministry of living life before air conditioner you know you, you yeah. live on your front porch and people would walk by in the neighborhood and you, hey how you doing you know and you talk and chat and people would be out for walks around your bikes and or just working in the yard mm-hmm. uh it's so funny across the street from us uh, lived a, an elderly couple uh, that struggled with diabetes and they smoke chain smokers, but uh, uh, shortly after we moved in, uh, the wife passed away, and so I was able to go over there the next morning and sit on the front porch with uh, George and hmm. and just just listen to him and just hear his heart. And he talked about how 
you know, he loved his wife and couldn't wait to see her in heaven. And, and uh, so we, we talked and just shared and, and prayed with him. And, and I walked away just knowing that, man, God is, has put us right in the perfect place where, where we need to be. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years and, and that house gets sold to a slumlord. Uh, folks are, it's like a revolving door, uh, 40 people a day going in and out of the home. Mm. Uh, the windows get busted out, you know, and, and just, I mean, we've had, you know, th- within a nine month span, we had three SWAT teams, you know, with shotguns and 20 police surrounding the place and flash bombs and drive-by shootings and a girl kidnapped running out of the house half clothed. And I mean, it just, it's been crazy. Um, but <laughs> through all of that, uh, you know, taking a pizza over to a guy that, and most folks over there just didn't want to talk. They didn't want to be seen. Uh, but taking a pizza over and just shocking the fire out of somebody by giving them a pizza and them going, what, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's for you. He goes, I said, do you like sausage? He goes, who doesn't like sausage? You know, I said, all right, well, well enjoy. He said, man, you're weird. Thanks. <laughs> and it was just, funny. yeah. But um, eventually that the house got so bad that, uh, um, with the church just, just decided to go ahead and, and buy the house and, and tear it down because it was limiting what we could do in the neighborhood. We couldn't have block parties here because uh, the music was blaring so loud, uh, you know, and, uh, and the language was, you know, questionable. Yeah. Uh, so we couldn't have our kids around and stuff. And it's like, wow, that's the whole reason why we moved into the neighborhood. But uh, so the house was falling apart anyway. And so we bought the house, tore it down, and now we've got a huge field uh, that we could expand. Once COVID is over, we could expand our block parties to both sides of the road and, and just have a, a great place uh, for the kids in the neighborhood uh, to play. And, huh. and uh, so, yeah, we're, we're excited about uh, post-COVID life uh, here in the neighborhood. It does sound fun. It, um, when that all transpires and post-COVID is done. We'll have to come down here sometime. And oh, please. We, That'd we be have so a, awesome. Bring your group and sing. Yeah. Then you start calling the Freshwater House. I'm like, I'm going to start calling our house the Harvest House. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's where, well, it's where ministry happens, you know? It just, yeah. Our really, ministry, ministry happens. Like I heard somebody say that every home is a micro mission field. Absolutely. Whether Absolutely. it's your own family or your friends or people who yeah. show up, there's the hospitality yeah. factor. I mean, like. Absolutely. And everywhere you go, ministry happens, yeah. you know, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so our church is so small, they really can't afford to hire me full-time. And we kind of want that. In. Uh, we have one full-time pastor. Uh, we got to about 125 uh, members. And uh, Freshwater is, is a different kind of a church where we're an all-in church. If you come, we want to flip the 80-20. Uh, we want 80%, at least minimum 80% of our people totally engaged. Uh, and bought in. Uh, so if we have an event in the neighborhood, they're here. Uh, we don't have to worry, is, is somebody going to show up? Uh, so, and we make that pretty clear straight up. Uh, there's a lot of other churches you can go to, uh, but if you decide to come here, uh, when you sign on for membership, it's a membership covenant. And we ask people, man, we want you participating. Uh, you can't sit in the back row and go away. You visit all you want. Come and visit us, visit all, all every Sunday, 
but once you become a member, a member, you're locked in, man. You, you know, you're you're active, and so uh, so through that, um, yeah. So we just expect a lot of uh, uh, participation, you know, from yeah. our folks, and we get it. So it's kind of cool. Uh, you set the bar high, you're going to hit it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really neat. Uh, but with that, um, so we don't want we don't want a full staff. We don't want just staff out the wazoo. We want to flip that as well. Uh, we'd much rather give 80% of our tithe and missions uh, than flip that around. Uh, so that's what we live for. Uh, we want to bring all the money we can into the so that we have all that we can away. And not frivolously, but it's with relationships. Uh, it's yeah. building relationships with people and saying, you know what, we can help. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, we've got some things that we could help you with, but it, it takes two. Uh, so you do your part, we'll do our part, and there's nothing that could stop us. Heck, we even paid uh, a very large uh, back bill, uh, utilities back bill, because a, a member of our church uh, from the neighborhood had a, a really just had a tough past, and, and it was really hard for them to get over it. So we alleviated that, that pain. And so they were able to start afresh. Um, but the Patreon thing, so that's, that's kind of, uh, so I work uh, as a para full-time in the school system. I am also a part-time employee with the church as an executive pastor. But the other uh, 20 hours, so to speak, uh, that I could work, because I like to work 60 hours, you know, uh, <laughs> um, is uh, trying to support. I spend a lot of time at the school and I could do so much more if I was in the neighborhood. And so that's the reason why I'm trying to raise uh, support for 20 hours so that I can uh, donate my time to the school, but then spend most of my time doing uh, neighborhood stuff, loving on people, uh, building mm -hmm. those relationships, having front porch interviews with folks and just saying, tell me your story. You know, yeah. uh, here's somebody who cares about you, who wants to invest in you. Um, let's uh are you willing you know you, do you want to jump in the boat uh you know because uh, some people are skeptical of course uh but some people are like wow somebody really cares that's incredible so i've set up a patreon and i'm not going to be able to go full-time until i raise at least 80 percent of support because i'm still going to work in the school uh but uh yeah once i get 80 percent of that patreon up and running there's like 2300 uh, a month uh, then, uh, so basically anybody that signs on to the Patreon, uh, they're not charged anything. I just get what their commitment will be on a monthly basis. It could be anything from $3 a month all the way up to 200, uh, a month. And, uh, we've got one family that's done 200. Woo -woo! Yeah. Uh, we also had a bunch of, and that's, you know, woo -woo -woo as well. I love, love every single one, but, uh, we're about, uh, well, we just started. So we're kind of at the beginnings of this. So. Hopefully by next summer, I'll be able to be a full-time urban missionary right here in yeah. the Tom Watkins neighborhood. That is amazing. So in regard to fundraising, yeah, do you feel like uh, that's a spiritual gift or do you feel like it's a chore or do you feel like it's... <laughs> well, because ministry, uh, ministry uh, entrepreneurial ministry or mission ministry, whatever you want to call it, is so yeah. interesting because you're just always yeah. living yeah. in two worlds. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've just, uh, I'm going to give it to God and, and just, you know, if this thing takes off, 
uh, fantastic. I'll go full-time in the neighborhood. If it doesn't take off, uh, then I'm right where I need to be. I'm still in the neighborhood. I'm inside the uh, public school systems, loving on kids and staff and the families and, and the teachers. And so, you know, it's a win-win uh, for me. Uh, but uh, I feel like, you know, once, uh, once it hits, it's on God's timing. So if you want to know more information, <laughs> Patreon is uh, the, the app. And you could just go on Patreon and search for Denny Reeves Urban Missionary. And you can read up all about it. And I've got a video on there that kind of explains a little bit more too. That is cool. Thanks for the promo. Well, <laughs> that was, that was the only question I did write down. How do people do that? Cause that was, oh, uh, so I'm glad you said it and we'll put oh, it in the show notes so people can actually figure oh, it out. Awesome. So a couple um, quick things, mainly because I don't know how long people really listen to podcasts. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Some, yeah. some, yeah. So some are short and some are really long. It just, it just yeah. depends on all relationships, I guess as well. But yeah, so a couple of quick answers. One, would you say is there's a springboard to this urban missionary call or is it just sort of a byproduct of a bunch of things in life that kind of led you to this point? Is there oh, like, I every, yeah, I think everything kind of led to this moment. Uh, I've been in ministry full-time or part-time since 75 when I was in high school. So it was just, it's a life calling, you know. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, when God calls you, you just go and then you, you ask him to figure it out, you know, as a, you lead the way. I, I've never sent a resume anywhere. Uh, I've always huh. requested folks. I have requested my resume because I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, uh, you know. And so when God wants me to move, he, he moves. Huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been a great way to live. I've never had to worry, uh, honestly, about anything. Uh, every step of the way, God's always been there. No joke. And I'm kind of yeah, it's like the it's like Philippians uh, four, where it says, "In everything, give thanks." And oh, absolutely, God, a peaceful, transcend your oh, heart, and absolutely pray yeah. and go. And, and even in the difficult times, you know, I immediately, immediately think, and maybe it's just because I'm really stinking old and I've had a lot of practice, uh, but I finally got it. Even when difficult times come, God's got this. I mean, come mm -hmm. on, the Creator of the universe has called you by name and is watching over you. How could you not have peace? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, I remember it, it's in some ways, uh, the statement I heard kind of seemed like a slap in the face, but in another way, it's a lot of confidence. But we were at a, um, a big um, mission in Nashville, Tennessee, where they serve meals under oh, yeah. an interstate overpass. And it's yeah. like 600 people show up in the summers yeah. on Tuesday nights. I can't remember the name of the organization, but um, as we, we got there and we were prepping for this, you know, outreach, basically, yeah. um, the worship leader, one of the girls there led a song and then she started talking about how, you know, some nights more people show up than food and, you know, different, different <laughs> yeah. problems. Oh, yeah. And her, her catchphrase was, but we don't care. That's God's problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just always thought kind of sounds like you're don't care, but in another sense, it sounds like you're really confident. It's like all yeah, mixed absolutely. in together. So yeah, she, yeah. It's, you put all it together. Justin, yeah. You know, I think we were at the same place uh, at Center for Student Ministries. Uh, we were there when I was with Tulsa. We sent one of our, I think, eighth graders, uh, one of our uh, troops over there. Uh, yeah, that underpass. I mean, it describes yeah. exactly the same place that we were at in uh, Nashville. So Very cool. I wish I could remember the name of it. It's, yeah. It was, it was a Tuesday night. And they did it on Tuesday yeah. nights. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's here's another quick question, just for yeah. anybody who might be interested. What um, 
or do you like to read books? Oh yeah. And do you have one that you've been reading or two that you've been reading that are just, you know, uh, on, fresh on your mind? Uh, I started rereading Not a Fan by Kyle oh, yeah. Eidelman. Yeah. I thought that was somebody else. Anyway, love the book. Anyway, but I've really been spending a lot of time in Matthew and I love grabbing a different translation and reading through the scriptures, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. And so this is a uh, Christian, uh, Christian standard Bible. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I love to go through and just see how God speaks. Cause it seems like every single time I pick up the scriptures, or where I'm in life, God uses that to, to bring it to life in, mm -hmm. in a different way. Um, and so it, it's, I don't know, I, I find it fun and fascinating to grab. I think this is my fourth translation that I've, Oh, that's cool. Trying to walk through. But. Last year, instead of a translation difference, I actually committed to listen to the Bible all the way through. Oh, that's cool. It was different. Did, did you spend a lot of time in the car? No, I just worked it out to where, you know, sometimes I had to catch up, but I just did it on walks in the morning. So oh, that's listen, awesome. Break it up. And it was just yeah. weird listening to it because then I couldn't remember what it was that made an impact on me. It was just like this general kind of yeah. like, you know, I couldn't yeah. like go back to the verse. It was just like I had this thought in my mind. <laughs> And it was really interesting. Awesome. So, so can you choose between different accents, like a British accent or? <laughs> oh, well, it was just through the version Bible app. But what right. they do is they change if a, a woman speaks, you know, in a, in a story or oh, yeah, a, yeah. an evil person speaks or whatever oh, the thing. They like change the voices. It's, it's kind of interesting. Oh, nice. It's so like Scar a, from Lion King takes all the bad guys. Yeah, it's like a radio show. <laughs> yeah. And you get Scar's voice in there. <laughs> um, one more um quick thing and that is i just thought i would share a little bit because you know there's I've, I've got this idea in my mind one of these days i need to write it down and 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 put it together in a package of some you know ebook or something but there's there's a lot of benefit to god using average people and mm -hmm. it seems like in ministry the the cultural ministry main goal is to become famous mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just and not that it's bad for people to know you and to use your position for something to have value for other leaders or whatever but it just seems like um there, people are always looking for the next thing that they could serve in yeah. and um and so i just i just have a lot of respect for faithful people who maybe nobody's ever really going to know except for the people that you're serving and you know it's just it's just interesting to me that and it also seems like unfortunately that um you know the beyond average people wind up and maybe it's just because we hear about it more or it's more visible but it's like gosh if you can just stay faithful in ministry and not get kicked out you've done a great <laughs> a great thing just over the course of your life and uh, uh, so anyway i appreciate that but my my thought isn't a question it's just i thought i would just share a couple of these memories and so um one of them is that back at beulah camp we would take 10 words from people and write a song yeah and i can't believe we even pulled that off but um, Rick Murphy was involved in that. And then we would record these songs now and then if there was a halfway decent one or, you know, yeah. if, if a CD was coming out at the right time. So one of them you sang on, and it was, yeah. it, was it was the butterfly song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember singing on it, but that's yeah. when we, we wrote it together, I think. Well, we, we? <laughs> yeah, we, what we did was we would get 10 words. See, I'm, I'm a historian of my own life and nobody else cares, but uh, we would get 10 <laughs> words from the camp on Sunday or Monday and then we'd work on it. That. And then on Friday we would sing the song. Yeah. And they'd come up with the most bizarre the weirdest words. words. They're like trying to stump the band. It was killer, yeah. but they loved it. 
and we and we recorded several of those but the one you came to the studio and sang on that was butterfly so oh. at, the, at the end of this uh podcast i'll play a little bit of that song oh no if, if i can find it i don't know if i can find it but <laughs> that's funny and then um another memory is that you were instrumental in some of harvest so people on the podcast already know harvest world stuff but um in the fall of 96 when did you leave saint matthew uh 2000 yeah yeah, yeah. so in the fall of 96 that was the first summer that we took a team out mm. and um and it was just interesting because um we for whatever reason the first like the last week of july and the first week of august we went and did an event with rick murphy at his church and then we did an event with another guy over in lawrenceville for a week and then we came to saint matthew one night and i just remember all these things collecting up oh and then we went and did something with sherry harper at her church and over the course of like three weeks i had conversations with a bunch of youth workers that said um things like hey we should try to get together and do something in the fall or do something in the whatever and those little conversations of that little compressed time is what kicked off fire up. And um, it's, it's just so weird how that like timing worked out. So then the very next February we had fire up. Yeah. And it just blows your mind because we've done that every year since then. Wow. So like 25, many, 25 years of fire up. Oh my gosh. And that's incredible. So just think of all the thousands of kids that just come uh-huh. just because, you know, you invited us over to sing at your church and then you, you know, encourage the, the seed of a, an idea. So. And I know everybody's in that. Nobody sits around and plans how they're going to encourage somebody. Well, God has blessed you so, so much. And and you have been faithful in following and leading in the God-given talents that he's given you. And just, my goodness, all of that is because you said yes. So that's, thank you. So that's incredible for everybody in Southeast Illinois. Southeast? Southwest? South? Either one. The whole South. It's so thin, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you've well, done amazing, amazing work, Tim. So proud of you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Well, it's been fun to chit chat, and um, the uh, the email you sent me was was cool. And this whole thing of urban missionary has such a neat ring to it, and also has a lot of impact. So uh, I'll put this link in here. Awesome. Patreon. I had a Patreon set up at one point. I should fire yeah. that thing back up. <laughs> Got to get a cool name first. But anyway, Patreon, Denny Reeves, Urban Missionary. And I'll try to find the link and, and put That'd it in there for people. Thanks, but um, one, of the, one of the great things is in life that we have all these adventures of working mm-hmm. in the harvest field. And so mm-hmm. it's cool to hear your story a little bit about that. A slice of it, I know, but it's great to talk to you today. Thanks, and um, I'll uh, let you go. So Uh-oh. thanks, Denny. Man, it was so good to chat with you, Tim. Thank you. Yep, it was awesome. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that great to uh, hear a little bit about Denny's ministry and the unique nature of just serving in a community and just the encouragement for every Christian to do that in some form or fashion. I want to just remind you that um, I would love to have each listener go check out Denny's Patreon page. So the way you get there is just go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And when you get there, you can search Denny Reeves Urban Missionary. And I will also put this link in the show notes so you can more easily find the videos and all the different ways you can support and find out about his work. All right, as I promised before, the butterfly song, a 10-word song that Denny and I talked about on the podcast where at Beulah Camp several years back, many years back by now, 
kids would give us 10 random words, totally unrelated to anything, and tough words in some ways to put into a song. And this song came out, and we put it at the end of one of the old Harvest albums, a song called Butterfly. So when we recorded it two decades ago, Danny uh, came to the studio with us and, and sang since he was one of the authors of the song. So here's a little snippet, and it's a little louder than the podcast, so turn your volume down and enjoy this little segment. Thanks again for being a part of the Go Harvest podcast. We're praying for you and thankful for your kingdom work. Deep inside, I'm a butterfly. 